Hey Joanna, you ever try Carnivore Kingdom barbecue sauce? I gotta tell you, we're into taste here. We're into flavor. We love things that really turn on our taste buds. Carnivore Kingdom barbecue sauce. Go to Carnivore Kingdom on Instagram. Get yourself a bottle. This stuff rocks. Welcome to High on the Hog with Meryl Schindler and co-host Joanna Belson. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Meryl and Joanna discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. Welcome again to High on the Hog, the podcast. And uh, this week we've got Alice Moon. Uh, as it says here on your bio, cannabis entrepreneur. Um, but you were also described to me as an influencer. Is that is that is that fair? Yeah. Um, hi, and thanks for having me here. People do consider me an influencer. Um, I'm a writer. I'm kind of a little bit of everything in the cannabis industry. Um, influ- I want to talk about influencer for a moment because I don't think you get a degree in that from UCLA. Um, you know, <laughs> um, you I might, because you can now get cannabis degrees, too, I, don't you? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's I, been a long time since you've been to the gone, course. God, I'd like to be an influencer. How do I get, is there an influencer union? Do I have to get a card? How do you do that so you just start working and do a lot of stuff for free until eventually people pay you for doing it no story of my life <laughs> exactly they don't pay me. it's a lot it is hard work um you spend not that i just have seen the work of people like that um a lot of posting stuff on social media on your phone being out and about being at every event in the industry so when people when you go you keep seeing the same person so yeah. it is a lot of time and energy it go, it's a I, different kind of career than you and i ha- think of like working in an office I go to a lot of events a lot of events Um, and yeah I don't know if you can get a degree in it but I don't have a degree in anything so I don't really even like care about that because I kind of um, everything that I've done I just I self-taught myself Basically. So it's not nine to five. There's no retirement policy to be an influencer. No, or, it's wake up, say, go to bed. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> nonstop. She always, and she's always looking fabulous. You have to have, you know. Yeah, you got you got to be on point. Makeup and hair on point. <laughs> Alice, where did you grow up? I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. I moved to L.A. about 10 years ago. Well, in New Orleans, New Orleans, one word, um, you would have a great sense of always pleasure, mm-hmm. of indulgence. I don't have. I think of New Orleans as as a drinking place, not a not a smoking place. Is my perception off? Yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, I drank a lot when I lived in New Orleans. I didn't start using cannabis until I moved to L.A., so I wasn't using it in New Orleans. I was all about the drinking life. Is it seen? Is it known? Does it exist? Oh yeah, you can smoke. Um, I mean, it's they are a lot more lenient now it was a lot stricter before um the laws changed a few years back and so you can possess cannabis um you can have it medicinally they don't have any operating dispensaries right now though so it's kind of like where are you going to get it um but if you're caught with it then you can you can hold on to it well i, I ask also because i'm sorry for more generalizations but it's in the south yeah the south <laughs> is being more conservative than dear old california yeah. Except during I mean, Mardi Gras. <laughs> I mean, you can um, drive drunk and it's okay in New Orleans. Like, I mean, I didn't understand liquor laws until I moved to L.A. I did not know that, like, an open container in the car was illegal. Not that I drove drunk, but, like, you know, a passenger can drink in your car. That's totally a thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't even drink anymore. Um, California I, sober. California sober. Yeah. Well, completely sober, really. So what was your first cannabis experience like? 
I don't even remember when the first time I actually used cannabis was. Um, I just, I had used it at some point in Louisiana, but it didn't really introduce it into my life until I moved to LA. Um, and I remember having some edibles. It was like some medicated cereal or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is life changing. Like I can eat cereal and I can get high. Um, this feels great. And so then I kind of just fell in love with cannabis and was using it for quite some time. That gives Fruit Loops a whole new meaning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, somehow you got into it as a career, though, correct? Which is yeah, fantastic. So I started as a trimmer and then um, became a butt tender. And so then I was, you know. <laughs> go, go, go back. A, a trimmer. Yeah, I was trimming flour. Um, when it comes off the farm, uh-huh. off the plant, someone has to trim it. Like and so that's, that's like that's what all you're doing. You trim. Yeah, manicure the bud, make it look nice and pretty, make sure you're smoking the good stuff. Yeah, you cut the bad, junky part away, and you make. Where were you doing this? I was doing it in L.A. Oh, was it in L.A.? Yeah, okay. I was working out of somebody's garage. Okay, <laughs> Trap so you life. Weren't, you weren't up at some farm up no. in Mendocino. Um, no, it was down here. Yeah, um, all the working you cannabis. You visualize done. her on the farm though. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never gone to an outdoor farm. Really? Yeah, I know. It's surprising. Almost 10 years in the space. We'll have to go on a field trip. I then. haven't done it. I, it is totally on my to-do list. Um, so yeah, I um, was trimming and then bud tending. And then from there, I started writing edible reviews. I was consuming edibles and then I'd write about it. And then I started my own tech company, which was like the Yelp of edibles. And I would um, help people find the right product based on their dietary needs and their location. And during that time is when I developed cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. So now so we weed have makes the me great sick. irony here of the the cannabis maven who can't use cannabis. Yeah, basically, cannabis makes me extremely sick now. Um, it is definitely ironic. The girl who built her career up on consuming can no longer consume. So um, if I use cannabis, it makes me throw up excessively. Um, it's not fun at all. It feels to me like um you know like a, like a priest lecturing on sex. It's uh you know it's like you can't do that, and yet you can. You have um can you sniff it at least? No, you know, well, you I mean I can smell smoking. I can smell the bud itself, but once it is turned into um, THC and like activated, then no, like I can't inhale secondhand smoke or I get sick. So I can't go to most of the events anymore because the smoke is um, too much for me. Your response is to C to THC. What about CBD? CBD makes me extremely sick as well. The whole thing. And they both do similar similar things. Yeah. So CBD is what caused like what I consider like I call them episodes when I throw up nonstop, and CBD caused my worst one, and that lasted 16 days. Um, oh. Last year, it was all day, every day. I was down to 108 pounds, and now I'm 146. So if you could imagine me at 108, like it was well, you scary. Look fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very healthy now, and so it was definitely super scary to be that sick. And when I say all day nonstop, I mean nonstop, like a sip of water I was throwing up. And, you know, it's this syndrome is really severe. And I don't think people understand how um, how intense it really is. You know, there are people in Los Angeles for whom 106 would be a, a goal. Um. Yeah, this is L.A. Totally. <laughs> That's why I made sure she knew she looked good at, you know. Um, so you started Swallow. How did it start? How do you start a, um, a directory online? You just you do, do it? it. You just do it. Um, yeah, I was writing edible reviews and um, 
people were having trouble finding all the edibles that I was consuming because at my dispensary, we didn't carry vegan edibles um, or gluten-free edibles. And people are using edibles for medicinal purposes. You know, it's like you don't want just a brownie to consume your cannabis. And so that's why I created the online directory. We had thousands of products listed in there. Um, We expanded to um, Oregon at one point. So we had a bunch of products in California and then a few listed from Oregon and Um, Yeah, I just started inputting stuff in there and we got nominated Dope Magazine's Best Tech in 2017 and we lost to Weed Maps, which made me realize Weed Maps is totally going to kick my butt in life and I can't like (laughs) I can't compete against them. So that is when I made the decision to shut down the company. So Swallow.com is not there. No, it was .LA. I couldn't get .com. Broke entrepreneur. I couldn't afford that yet. But um, Swallow.LA, yeah, um, I shut it down about seven months after launching. I spent two years working on it before we launched. So Uh it was definitely my baby. But, you know, regulations were about to change in California. This was the end of 2017. And I got some great advice from a mentor. And she told me, you know, you should shut it down. And, you know, I didn't really want to, but it's true. If I would have tried to survive, I wouldn't have been able to with the way the regulations were and companies who have a similar concept are not doing well at all right now. You know, Weed Maps just like love 100 employees. So um, I'm pretty glad with the decision I made to try to go in a different direction. So where are you now within the industry? I'm doing PR and marketing and branding consulting for a few brands. Um, I'm kind of in a path of rediscovery right now. I am not really sure what will make me the happiest. So I've been kind of diving in a little bit differently and readjusting my role. So I am sure in about a month or two, my response will be totally different. Um, From your perspective, which is somewhere outside the industry now, where do you see things going? Where where is, um, I mean, we've got largely legalization here in California in certain counties at least and i am saying there are certain counties where it still is not a good thing to do um where do do you see the cannabis movement going well the cannabis industry in california right now is kind of a shit show um can i curse on here you just did okay well no because i could re-say it um the industry it's just it's a mess right now with legalization and taxes um all the regulars all the regulations and so I see the illicit market thriving. It's going to continue to thrive until taxes get decreased. And so it's kind of a mess right now, unfortunately. I just saw, I think Illinois has 30% taxes on their cannabis right now, which is same kind of thing. The illicit market's thriving there because the taxes are so high. It's cost prohibitive. Yeah, not good. And yet the perception of those out there who you would not think of as, as cannabis users it's, it's grown warmer towards towards cannabis. I mean, we were speaking about um, how a lot of our, our listeners are an older demographic because they don't want to get into opioids for their various, the pains of being older, um, uh, you know, or, or they just they just don't want to get into something um, that would be addictive or dangerous. They like the concept of medical cannabis. They like the concept of CBD, which doesn't get you high and which has shown more than a little response there. So, you know, you're probably seeing a lot of the industry shifting towards a wider demographic 
Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and my mom's 68th birthday is coming up and she wanted CBD products in the gift bag. And I am so excited about Funny. that because she hasn't used like the first time she ever used CBD was a month ago. Oh, and great. I've been trying to get her to use it for eight years now. So um, I'm very excited about that. So I'm you know, going to be taking some CBD products to Louisiana and introducing her circle of friends to CBD because they're all really looking forward to knowing more about it. And um, it, it really can't legally be shipped to the state, right? I mean, you can't like mail it, you know, I mean, who, who looks in the mail, but you can't legally. CBD, you can, can't, it's a gray area. Yeah, I mean, THC, I say don't, but CBD, yeah, THC you, you, sure you, you kind of can. I mean, it's federally illegal, but like states do it. Hemp is legal. It's such a gray area. I don't do any of it. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, my, my daughter, for a variety of reasons, uses some of the um, the CBD um, lozenges. Mm -hmm. And they're just, a, it's a little candy inside a little plastic wrap is all it is. And um, my, my wife, who's a nervous person, has been nervous about, um, you know, putting it, putting it in her bag to take back to college. And I've said, why would anyone possibly look at a candy? It's just a little candy. It doesn't say... THC, CBD, cannabis, it doesn't say anything on it. It's just a little candy. You had some candy in, your, in your little bag. Regardless, they're going to you for some candy, like. I, I, it's just not, I, it's, I, it's just not happening. I mean, she's currently in England and we had great concern about what can you and can you not bring in. Um, and once again, I said, no one will notice. Apparently, um, you can ship cannabis once it's made into an art form because it's now considered art and not cannabis. So like we were gonna, this project I just finished, we were gonna ship it to England and back, which- yeah, but I, no one's smoking your art form. I know, I know. They we mean gonna, lick it. So that is a great loophole to know about so because what is considered art? Art is up to the- So I have a new business called Kilo Inc. <laughs> <laughs> Making art out of kilos, kilo but, uh, art ink. <laughs> my uh, legal friend, who I advised me on this, was fascinated by the potential of having to defend that. So, if anyone needs to know who it is, just DM me on Instagram. It's <laughs> very interesting. Anyway. I, I, I'd I, like to go back to figure back to your CHS um, and how you figured out what it was exactly, and that whole rabbit hole. Yeah, so I was sick for like two years before I figured out what was going on with me. Um, I was like throwing up randomly off and on, just throw up for a few hours and it'd be okay. And then a few weeks later it would happen again. And then it progressed and became worse and like more frequent. Um, I quit drinking during that time. So I didn't drink for two years thinking maybe alcohol had something to do with this, but it didn't. Um, I just got worse. And a GI doctor eventually told me that it was cannabis and I didn't want to believe it. How did they know? What made them even think that? Um, well, because everything else checked out normal with me. Um, so I first they didn't want to do a bunch of tests. They said, quit using cannabis and then we'll run all the tests on you. And I said, OK, fine. But I'm doing like a last hurrah. as I call it my <laughs> last supper. Um, I had a five course infused dinner in the Malibu Hills. And that is what triggered my first severe episode of 14 days. And um, after that is when they ran a bunch of tests on me. And so I've been poked and prodded, you know, scanned everything and everything else came back normal. And so process of elimination, it was cannabis. And I got better until I tried to use again, which three months, no weed, yeah. started using again, got sick for four days. Okay, so it's pretty, it's pretty clear. It is very clear. How rare is this? 
I mean, medical studies say that it's very rare. I don't think it's very rare at all. I'm in touch with thousands of people who have it. I think it's, yeah, literally thousands. I collected data from 330 patients. Um, So I've collected more data than anyone else in the world has on CHS. And um, I I believe there's millions of people with it. I think it's just not documented. I think we don't know about it. Or they don't know to relate. The that it's cannabis because you know it's not immediate you don't it, it, in the beginning it's like you could smoke and then you're sick like 24 to 48 hours afterwards so you don't associate that with that and also we know that cannabis is really helpful for nausea so it's kind of also hard to accept that cannabis would be making you nauseous you know it is a great irony that the 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 drug that they would tell you to take to diminish the nausea is the one causing the nausea yeah. So do they say you're like atypical? I mean, a, it's, they don't even know what to call it. We don't know. Um, so from all the data I've collected, we we like have no clue. Um, is it considered an allergy? Yeah. So CHS is like a developed allergy, basically. Um, it's like I use so much cannabis over an extended period of time that I flipped a switch in my endocannabinoid system and I can no longer use it. And what's really interesting is what helps with the symptoms. And that's hot baths and capsaicin cream on the stomach. And that's believed to be because of the TRPV1 receptor. Um, and that receptor, it's believed that it gets overloaded and gets shut off. And then the hot baths and the capsaicin cream helps turn it back on. So when someone is really sick with these symptoms, if they take a hot bath, it'll help them stop throwing up, but only while they're in the bathtub. You know, I, based on my experience with allergies, they come and go during your life. They are not. They are not consistent. Some are, but not all are. And they also can have a trigger point at which, you know, you smoke one joint, nothing happens. You smoke two joints, you get sick. So it's. I mean, have you looked into the possibility that you you were just having too much fun? Um. You know, I was consuming edibles frequently, but I don't think I was overdoing it. Honestly, I think that because I wasn't somebody who was stoned all day, I couldn't like drive high. I was more of a like nighttime consumer. And so I think my consumption level compared to a lot of people really wasn't that much. I think there's got to be something going on with me internally that like maybe I was predisposed to this. Um, There's got to be something that me and these thousands of other people have in common. Just don't know what it is yet. It's so fascinating your doctor knew to ask about cannabis because so many doctors don't even talk about that and so many patients are afraid to bring it up in their medical appointment because they're like, oh God, the doctor is going to judge me, you know? And that's another point of like, maybe that's why we don't know about how many people actually have this because they're too afraid to tell their doctor that they use cannabis, you know, in states that aren't legal. I, I can imagine people are really afraid to admit to their doctors and then also, if you know the doctor is so quick to say that it's this and it might not be this, then that kind of aids some distrust because there have been cases where doctors are saying you have CHS, but then they don't want to run a bunch of tests and somebody else has some and somebody has something else going on with them. And so um, it's kind of like not enough doctors know about it, and some doctors know about it and diagnose it too much right. when it's not true. You know, I mean, based on my experience, whenever I mentioned to one of my doctors for my various ailments, I was using um, cannabis products. They'll sort of um, say non-committally, well, that, that's good if it's working, that's good. Yeah. But they'll never say, well, have you tried or you should use or my, in my experience, they will not recommend. Um, there, there are too many pitfalls that have been created for, for the poor medical profession. Um, 
Where you mean like malpractice? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you working now? I do freelance. Okay. So I work for myself and um, I do like social media management, PR, branding, just do a bunch of consulting for different companies. Um, and I mainly all just... All cannabis companies? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I work with all cannabis companies. You're in the yeah. cannabis. You're in 100%, the 100% cannabis. Yeah, even though I can't use it, I'm still passionate about the power of the plant and I am totally 100% in it. And she, you're actually using um, it as a platform to help others with CHS and sufferers, you know, because... There's all these people who have no idea what to do. How did you figure out, sorry to keep going back to this, like what to use? Was it research on your own? You said the hot baths? Yeah. So I guess so a hot CBD bath wouldn't be the right thing to <laughs> no, do? No. So I was using hot bath like subconsciously already, like before I even like knew I had CHS. Um, and then when I was going through my first really severe episode, um, there was someone from... Uh, my name is completely blanking on who told me this. There was a doctor who told me to use capsaicin cream. Um, um, oh, Dr. Jeff Robber. Um, he's not really a considered a doctor. Um, PhD or something like that. I don't know. Let's oh, yeah. We know Jeff Rayburn was on Rayburn. our show. Okay. Rayburn. The workshop. Yes. Can we redo that section? <laughs> Dr. Jeff Raver. <laughs> Dr. Jeff Raver, he's the one who told me um, to use capsaicin cream on my stomach. Um, you know, he was like, hey, I heard this like random thing. And so that it worked, but it was extremely painful. And I was like in in tears because of how much it burned my stomach. So um, but now, yeah, I direct people to this Facebook group where this there's this other woman who helps like be a mental support for everyone because I'm getting messages multiple times a day from people who are just like I need help like what do I do right now and like last week two different people sent me videos of them crying because they were throwing up and they couldn't stop and they didn't know how to handle it and it's a lot emotionally for me to handle to like have all these people reaching out to me nonstop when I personally am like going through this you know so um i direct them to a facebook group where there's this woman who doesn't want to be named who she kind of like plays mama bear for everyone and gives them advice and do you want to share the name of the group for yeah the name of the group is called um recovery from cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome so um it's for people who are committed to quitting using cannabis and it's just a huge support system committed to using if they committed to not um, using if they they have chs chs CHS. yeah 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 um it's it, it's in my experience. It's unique. I mean, you may have found a lot of folks out there, but um, you know, everything we've dealt with has been quite the flip side of you should use it. It'll help. Totally. It's like, well, you should use it, but watch out for this. Well, nothing's ever a hundred percent. So you know, you always get in, you, just in life, and so you can have always, too much water. Right. <laughs> you can you can die from too much water. Um, yeah, and. I, I want people to know that I'm still like 100% pro cannabis and pro safe access, pro legalization. Like just because this side effect can happen, like I'm not trying to take it away from anyone. I want everyone to still have their flower. Absolutely. And a lot of people actually blamed it on like pesticides initially and like all sorts of other. All of which is possible. Yeah, but they ruled that we all ruled out, out through education. Pesticides, um, yeah through process of elimination, just like testing, just there's a whole bunch of stuff that we have figured out it's not pesticides, it's the cannabinoids doing it to us. Um, If it was pesticides, then we'd be able to smoke pesticide-free flour and be okay, and And, and can't. As you've looked into allergies, are there other responses, rather than barfing, um, (laughs) do people's noses clog up? Um, Do they get diarrhea? 
what 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 else what, what else other fantastic uh, symptoms, symptoms? Have? <laughs> um, yeah so diarrhea constipation sweating chills abdominal pain um, that's not weakness normal. dehydration um, <laughs> all of this stuff um, that's all part of CHS and then outside of CHS people do have some type of cannabis allergy like um, topically like I've seen people who are trimming and then they get hives and you know they sneeze and so people can be allergic to cannabis in a different way as well. Though remember, when people are trimming, they have a lot of contact, which you Absolutely. normally wouldn't have totally. with uh, with the plant. So it is perfectly possible that the, the once again, it's that trigger point, you know, if you just smoke it, you're okay. If you're out there trimming plants, working in the in the fields of the Lord, as it were. Or um, in the garage. You're come out or in the garage, <laughs> you're gonna come down with stuff. Totally, yeah, yeah. definitely think that's possible. Um, yeah. What a what a what a curiosity, right? Alice Moon, what a curiosity! What you've gone through, and yet you've still built your career around cannabis. The the cannabis maven who can't use cannabis. I'm determined to find a cure for this, so that way I can use cannabis. Have you tried cannabis as a cure? It's not. <laughs> no, almost died. <laughs> Her, we'll call it Canacure once it comes out. <laughs> that already oh. exists. Oh, sorry. Trademark done. Alice, thank you for coming by. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your journey with us, which is one I didn't know about. Did you know about this? I didn't yes, know about I this. Yes, I did. I've okay. been fortunate to spend time with Alice and get to know her. Oh my goodness! Yeah, thank you okay. so much for having me on. I feel I feel blessed that um, knock on wood. So far, I haven't encountered this though. Smoke a know. we smoke a joint in my honor, please. Go yeah. light up and enjoy the heck the out of it. The only thing that ever ever gave me hyperemesis was my mother's cooking. Uh, <laughs> it's Meryl Schindler. It's Joanna Belson. It's Phil Giangrande. Alice Moon. Thank you for coming here to High in the Hog the podcast. Thanks Thank so you much. Next time. Find the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend.